You are now entering a sacred space for the open minds, earnest hearts, and growing souls. So take a deep breath, allow your mind to unwind, and set your intentions to be free and present. My name is Annie Wang, and I use storytelling to maximize our collective well-being and put humanity in perspective. Welcome to my podcast. I'm excited to grow with you. Welcome or welcome back, beautiful souls. This episode of In Perspective is for anyone who's grinding on a side hustle, working on your ambitions, or simply trying to change your life or career. Focusing on the dimension of occupational well-being, we will thoroughly explore the process of starting a hustle, the importance of change and shifting your mindset, as well as how to live each day on purpose with intentionality. Without further ado, let's put it in perspective. Imagine this. You're an average kid coasting through life, using textbooks as makeshift pillows during lectures, and viewing responsibilities as those distant cousins you never really wanted to catch up with. And your direction in life? Well, that was as blurry as your vision at dawn after an extended fortnight rally. You knew you were capable of achieving so much more but the environment that you surrounded yourself in simply didn't push you towards your potential. If you relate to this scenario, then you'll want to stick around. Featuring Daniel Kim, the founder of On Purpose, a high-performance coaching business that helps young entrepreneurs execute business goals. In this unscripted episode with a brilliant young mind, you will learn to welcome change and adopt a mindset that will help you start any business, side hustle, or passion project. Dan, to introduce a little bit, we met through Instagram, or at least that's how we connected. Basically, one of your videos went viral, and I commented on that reel, and then you replied to my comment, and we kind of realized that we have similar like goals, passions, and have similar mindsets, and that's really rare, I think, especially for people that are so growth-oriented. So we ended up connecting, um, having a few calls, and now here we are. You're a guest on my show. So welcome, Dan. Awesome. I'm super, super excited to, to chat more with you. I think we do have a lot of similar perspectives. Yeah. And I guess for everyone who aren't aware of who High Performance Dan is, can you please just give us a little bit of background? Like what exactly is your business or your craft? Yeah, for sure. So basically what I do is I help young entrepreneurs overcome their toxic habits like procrastination, phone addiction, and consistency. And I help them optimize their workflow so they're able to consistently do the work, consistently perform at a high level. So they're able to exponentially grow their business with speed. Wow, that's so interesting. So kind of optimizing for their performance in order to enhance their current business or building their career in a sense, right? Exactly. I think mm-hmm. it's hard to sum it up in one one sentence because a lot of people have struggle with like different things like burnout, like some people struggle with procrastination. Some people struggle with actually focusing once they get started. So it's a wide variety of challenges, but we basically bring those all together and then help find what works for you while 
preventing burnout. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I think what you do really aligns with this episode about occupational well-being. And just to give an overview of what occupational wellness is, uh, it's one of the eight dimensions of well-being. And in order to maximize your well-being in this dimension, it's really about aligning your skills, your passions, and your purpose in order to have work and create opportunities that align those expertise into something that you're passionate about. So I think uh, we kind of talked a little bit about how you started your performance coaching business and how you jump-started that, but do you want to kind of walk through what inspired you to become a high-performance coach and how you got started? Good question. It, it really came down to who I was. So I basically went through almost like an identity crisis about a year and a half ago where um, normally I'm really extroverted. I can make friends really easily. I could talk to people. And I thought I knew who I was until this moment came. And all of a sudden it was like I was thrown into the deep end. Like it was like pitch black. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how to make friends. I didn't know how to talk to people. Um, there were like a lot of negative thoughts. And it was like, that was like the make it or break it point. So it's like, I've reached what I would call rock bottom almost. Um, but when I was there, I was kind of faced with like two choices, either continue doing what I've always been doing, continuing to live my life carefree, like just going with the flow, knowing that I could do more, but not doing it. Am I allowed to curse on it? Or Yeah. <laughs> like living a shitty lifestyle, right? Like I knew I could do more. I've always known that, but I, I just would never take action. And I've always had to live with that. Yeah, I think it took me about one month of just being completely lost until I started to take action about it. I started to listen to podcasts. I started to read books. I started to, you know, see a different light, see a different perspective and like regain my self-control, like my self-identity. Mm -hmm. And so this was like the perfect opportunity for me to actually build who I was. Um, mm -hmm. And I think there was two phases in like my identity shift. There's one where I first entered university. So when things first came back in person, I basically changed up my outer appearance. So like how I looked, how I dressed, my hairstyle, like I got LASIK, so I didn't have glasses anymore. And like outside, I was looking okay. And like, I would put on like a front, right? I'd be like, oh, this is like my opportunity. I can be whoever I want. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't necessarily create my identity. And so when the time came, like I went through, it was like a breakup. Mm -hmm. um, I was not really sure of who I was. I think once I realized I didn't have a certain clear identity, I had to rebuild that. So in February, 2021, that's when I first started, first started like journaling, first started reading books, first started listening to podcasts, finding free mentors. And then it came across to me after three months, um, I went through like a complete identity shift. And the podcast I listened to was like the mindset mentor. And I would binge that like eight, 10 hours a day. Um, just constantly consuming that information. And it really did change my perspective on life. Mm -hmm. um, there were things I didn't agree with, but for the vast majority, like I took it for how it could benefit me. Right. And it really helped shift my mindset. And once you build that mindset, once you build the foundation, um, you build the identity, everything else just becomes so much easier. Because now you know exactly what steps to take, what your goals can be. Um, and it's very flexible. So in the past, right, in 2021, when I tried like the university, like I changed my outer appearance. I only was looking at the goals, the actions, you know, what I could do to like look good, I guess. I didn't go with that mindset, but that was basically what I was doing. 
And then now I look at things more of like identity based. So what kind of person do I want to become? What kind of actions would that person take? And then that way my goals can be flexible. So let's say like, maybe I don't want to do coaching anymore. Maybe I want to build a business. Maybe I want to work, uh, whatever it is, my identity is still there. It's mm-hmm. like it's the foundation. So I'm able to pivot whenever I want because I'm sure of who I want to be, like the characteristics, the traits. Right. Like your identity isn't based off of your accomplishments or the things that you've done, but rather you intrinsically know who you want to be as a guiding principle. I love that. I think there's a couple of really interesting things and points that you've brought up there. Um, First, I think is around hitting rock bottom. And then that's when you realize like, okay, shit happens. I need a change if I really want my life to be different. And I think that's a common thread that I hear from a lot of my friends or guests or even just people that are in this similar mindset of growth of like wanting to continuously be better than they once were. And typically people don't reach that mindset or that desire until you hit a point where you're like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. You know, I have to change. And I imagine that the people that are listening to this right now are people that have reached a certain point and now they want to keep improving. And I think a crucial component to that is being okay with change, like being able to adapt to whatever comes your way and shifting your mindset to really explore your identity and become a person that you can be proud of. As you faced the unskippable cutscenes of self-reflection, you realized coasting wasn't leading you anywhere worth going. The joystick of life was in your hands, and you had a choice. Keep playing the same game or level up in real life. One of the biggest lessons you had to learn to completely shift your identity was that change is so essential. By embracing change and being comfortable with uncertainty, you will be able to overcome anything that life throws at you. Because in a truly unpredictable world, the only way to find certainty is by betting on yourself. I think another thing that I kind of wanted to understand is how did your environment change when you were going through this process? Like, how did you adapt to your environment? Yeah, that's a good question. This was a tricky one. I think this was one of the hardest things for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably going to be one of the hardest things for uh, the majority of your listeners or anyone who is going to go through something similar or who wants to become, like do something different from the current lifestyle. And the reason I say that is because environment, it, it almost like determines who you become. Right. And the quote, I hate to be corny, but it's like you become the average of the five people you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. It absolutely makes sense. Subconsciously, we have like, I think like 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And so you're being influenced by every single thing in your life. The people around you, what you listen to, what you see, what you hear about the news, everything. Right. You can't really prevent those from happening if they're automatic thoughts. So when I was first starting out, it was hard because my entire lifetime in university, first year, like I made all these friends, friends who I would just play video games with, right? Back then I was like, I was playing video games until like 6 a.m. And then waking up at 2 p.m., 
right? It was like a complete shift from who I was. And because it was a complete shift, it wasn't gradual. It was like a complete 180 degrees in just a matter of a few weeks, few months. So I think I had to make that tough decision of saying no a lot more because I realized like in order for me to become this person, my actions have to line up, right? With my identity. Mm-hmm. And so if my actions and decisions, they've gotten me to a place where I'm not really satisfied, right? Back then, then I knew that I would have to start making different decisions. I would start hanging around other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's tricky about this is I don't want to come across as like, you got to throw away all your friends, right? You got to like cut off those relationships. I think there's a fine line, but I would consider maybe just spending a little less time depending on what their what their goals are in life, where they see themselves. For me, I'm extremely ambitious. I've always been that kind of person. I've always like wanted to build a businesses. I've always wanted to impact lives some way or another. Mm-hmm. But my current friend group, they didn't have a similar perspective as me. And so it was tough for me to do both at the same time because there was contrasting identities, mm-hmm. right? There's one identity where like, oh, you play video games all day. You're messing around. Like you're going to get food afterwards and you're living life posting. Right. Or there's an identity of me who's really ambitious, who's actively reaching new goals, who's actively like seeking new opportunities. And these two people don't align. Mm -hmm. And so if you're constantly trying to battle that, it's really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think change is so essential, but people are so uncomfortable with change. And I think it's really important to find people that are comfortable with change, that encourage change. And when you surround yourself with those people, your entire environment becomes more supportive where it's just constantly changing and everyone's growing. And it's just a community of constant support. And that's definitely something that I think if you're realizing you're someone that wants to grow and yet the people around you, whether that's your significant other or your friends or even your family is stunting your potential, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you really have to think about how to expand your circles in order to allow yourself to grow. Right. It is really tricky, especially with family. I think some people have really really close relationships with family or they're like a very big part of their life and it's Mm -hmm. tough to actually break free from that especially if you're young when you're young you're like constantly surrounded it's really hard to create your new identity because they're holding an identity right whether you like it or not they have a picture of you and so if you're not aligned with who they think you are then they don't like it Mm -hmm. right and either intentionally or not unintentionally like they sort of bring you down to that level and so actually something I did uh, I don't know if I'd recommend it, but I think it helped me a lot in my journey, especially with the rate of change and how fast I could lock it in. For me, I just didn't talk too much to my family. Like I'd be waking up at 5.30 a.m. Like I would barely see them. And I was okay with that because I knew that my mom has a perception of me. My dad has a perception of me. My sister has a perception of me. If I want to change a complete 180 degrees, like you got to keep in mind, this guy was playing games 12, 16 hours a day. He was always slacking off. Like for me to all of a sudden come up to them and be like, hey, like now I'm a coach. Like, hey, like now I have all these big visions. It's really weird, right? Especially on social media, it's tough to do that. But even with family, right? What helped me the most, I think, was just keeping my distance from a lot of people. Like I was alone in my journey for probably like a year and a half. It was really hard for me to find people who thought like me, find relationships, friendships. 
or the significant others because I couldn't find anyone who was similar to me. Mm-hmm. It is an old African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, then go together. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend doing it alone. But for the time being, right, for the short term, it's not a bad idea. Just a follow-up question on the family thing. So have you talked to your family now that you're like more secure in your identity? Have you talked to them and how have they accepted you for who you are? Yeah, it's, it's funny that you say accepted. I think like, I don't talk to them about this too much. I say like, oh, like maybe sometimes, but I'd rather keep things to myself because I think at the rate of speed that I'm changing, at the rate of speed that I'm improving, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to be like limited by what they see of me. So like one week for me goes by like super slow because I'm doing so much with my time. Um, and I don't mean that to say like, like be pretentious. I mean that to be like, I'm really, really intentional about how I use my time, how much I'm growing. And like growth is serious to me, especially like speed of growth. Mm-hmm. And I don't sacrifice my quality or anything, but I don't want to be kept down, right? Even if it's like unintentional, I feel like sometimes my parents do that. And so it's yeah. tough. So I don't really share too much. Yeah. Will they constantly be like, oh, I thought you were doing this. Why aren't you doing that? Or like, what? what is an example of how your interaction goes? Hmm. It's more like their opinions, like, and their mindset that I don't really agree with. If I want to do different things and I want to impact the world, I can't just listen to anyone. And I, mm-hmm. like, I know, like, they're my parents, so I'll, I'll, I'll give it some thought, more thought than normal. Um, and they have experience, right? Like, I'm not going to completely ignore them. But I really do have to be careful with whose advice I'm listening to. I will listen to them, right? I'll literally consider it. But from the experiences that I've had so far, I like completely disagree with their mindset, how they view life, uh, some aspects, obviously. And so it's hard for me to relate to it Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part. Yeah, I definitely resonate with that. I think having like traditional, probably immigrant Asian parents, they have a certain type of outlook and perception on the world that we didn't necessarily grow up with. And so it's really hard to align, you know, the current society with like what they've grown up learning and understanding. I think you bring up great point about not taking just anyone's advice, right? Like being mindful of whose advice you're taking. And sometimes we should listen to our parents, but other times maybe they don't know what the heck they're talking about. And that's completely valid. Um, I think also especially as someone that's a bit older than you and has, you know, gone through college. Now I'm living back home with my parents for a while. I think I've started to see them more so as also just humans that are continuing to grow and who don't know everything, despite previously thinking like, oh, like our parents know everything. We should always listen to them. But now I'm starting to see them in a different lens and be able to communicate with them You know, like if I feel a certain type of way or I've learned something new, I'll try to communicate that to them and share my mindset in a way that's more mutually beneficial. And we're more speaking as we want to help each other learn and grow rather than being critical of each other. And I think that's something as you grow too, you're going to realize that, you know, your family is really important. And sometimes, You don't have to tell them everything that you're doing in life, but sharing your successes and bringing them into your journey, that's going to enrich your community and your growth so much more in ways that doing it alone might not. Yeah, I think I think that's it's a little unclear for me. In the past, I used to always share everything. Mm. But now I feel like 
it's more freeing that I'm able to keep to myself and I'm able to like change and do everything so much faster. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. Even when I do guest successes, like intrinsically or like automatically, I don't really like to share them because I don't want them to somehow use it against me. Mm. Um, or like, I don't want other people to know. Like, it's like, okay, I got that success. Okay, let's like, let's keep moving. Like, I don't, like, I usually don't like celebrate it like crazy. Like, I'll just like, okay, like, that's good. Like, let's keep going. Yeah, that's honestly pretty impressive because then you're just so focused on your goals and your aspirations that, you know, you're not really stopping to be like, okay, I did this and kind of reward yourself. So I don't know. I think I think it's good that you're able to keep going. But I also think sometimes just take a step back and realize that you've come so far and appreciate yourself, like give yourself the credit that's due for being in the position that you are today like you fucking did this shit so good for you I think I do give myself credit Mm -hmm. Um, I am a very introspective person and like I do have a lot of time to think for myself reflect and be like super grateful Mm -hmm. and I'm like I'm a Christian I'm like wow look how much like God has been able to like show me how much I've been able to do how many lives I've been able to impact and I don't undermine that After learning about the 1% rule, a principle for continuous growth that leads to long-term success, you begin to see changes in your life. By adopting a mindset of doing just one more than you currently are, you are empowering yourself to continuously improve. Right as you're about to give up, tell yourself to just do one more. Whether it's reading one more page, pushing one more rep, or resisting your nicotine craving for just one more day. Simply by trying, you are achieving. And that's the mindset of a true high performer. So I guess now, if you want to share a little bit about how you started your business and what challenges you faced in the beginning. Okay, I knew I've always wanted to start a business. Like all throughout my life, like I've always loved entrepreneurship. I've always loved marketing, selling, talking to people, meeting new people, like everything around business. Mm-hmm. The only problem I had was like, I didn't know which business to start. And if you see online, there's always like people being like drop shipping. SMMA is like the new drop shipping right now, I feel. There are a lot of high stories to it, but I didn't know where to go. Like I didn't know what direction to take it. And I've always loved helping people. Um, I've always loved mentoring people, whether it's like my high school friends, even in like video games, I would hop on Discord calls like one-on-one and I'd be like, this is how to like shoot. This is how to like do everything, all these like mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would always enjoy helping a lot of people, giving back. These it just felt, felt good. It felt nice to be able to take what I've learned over these past few years and like be able to help them do it in such a short amount of time. These just like, okay, like I'm on a good track but like you can do even better than me. If you're able to start this now, you're able to get like 10 times better than what I am now, like by that age. I like that. I wish like someone did that for me. And so that's how I started. And so I started coaching people. I started mentoring people for free. And the way that I started that was, there was this one podcast and he's like, you've probably been listening for a long time. Why don't you just make like an Instagram post and just call yourself a mindset mentor. And it helped to get me started. Right. It helped me to get my foot in the door to start posting. And it took me like four, three or four days 
to post my first ever reel. It was not good. It was very cringy. Now that I look back, like the first, like probably like 50 of my videos are all not good. I think what mattered the most was the concept of just showing up, showing up, doing the work and like sucking, being bad at it, because that really helped me to just overcome that fear. And like procrastination, it's, it's all based off fear, right? Whether you call yourself a perfectionist, procrastinate, um, you're overwhelmed. It's all based on some sort of fear. And so that was my fear, right? These people knew me. You might, you might feel this yourself or people listening. Like people have an idea of who I was, who I am, right? I have high school friends who are following me. I have university friends, right? Who I've played video games until like 6 a.m. with, right? All these people know me. All these people have different identities of me. And so it was really, really challenging to be like, oh, this is who I am, right? Oh, like, Daniel, didn't I just like, wasn't I staying up with you like 6 a.m. like a few months ago? That was like one of the biggest challenges to like completely shift my direction in life. Mm-hmm. And that's how I first started. But the biggest difficulty after I first started was directing. I didn't have a clear sense of direction. This was my first ever real business, I would call it. So I didn't have a sense of direction. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know the marketing, the sales. I didn't have the right mindset for sales. Like a lot of coaches, like a lot of people, like they're always scared of selling. And I get that. And like how to actually get results, how to build websites, how to build testimonials. I didn't know any of that. And so I was trying myself for about three months. I was like, oh, like there's a lot of free resources. Like now I have like high performance. I could just do it myself. But it was really, really difficult because there's like the paradox of choice. There's the sheer amount of information out there, right? It's not personalized for you. There's no accountability. There's nothing. And so I struggled. Like I tried it myself. It didn't really work. And honestly, uh, if I didn't get a coach, like a business coach of my own, I think I would have just given up. Um, And I hate to say it because I don't like to say like I would have given up. But because of the lack of direction, because of the lack of like growth, it just wouldn't have been sustainable for me because I wasn't making any money. Like I wasn't doing it. It's really, really hard to continue something if you don't know what you're doing, right? I was doing random things and obviously I was getting random results. So that was probably the biggest investment I've ever made in my life. I went almost to zero dollars in my bank account multiple times. (laughs) I was paying for tuition. I was helping my parents with rent. It was very scary. It was not financially smart, but it was still one of the best decisions of my life because it pushed me to make it work. Like none of my fears of procrastinating were there anymore. It's like now if I don't make like $3,000 every month, I'm screwed. (laughs) So that really pushed me to make it work. It's like do it or die trying kind of mentality. Yeah, right. And Dan, I think it's really impressive that you're able to cold start your entire business, kind of put everything into that one business while still being like a student on the side and having all these other responsibilities and investing in that business coach being the first step. And I think what's really important is the amount of investment you put into something is the amount of reward that you will receive. And with you investing in that coach allowed you to create your business from, you know, just doing things for free, doing something that maybe you're passionate about to now being able to make enough money to sustain a living and be able to help your parents and pay for your own tuition. So that's honestly super impressive. And one thing that I always say to myself is iterate and improve. When you start, you're not going to know anything. Like right now, I just started and my Instagram is honestly pretty shit. You know, I don't really know what I'm doing, but with each video that I'm uploading, with each 
podcast episode that I'm recording. I'm constantly reiterating and taking notes on what works, what doesn't, and improving. And it's all in the process, right? Like we just have to trust the process because the process pays off in the end. I agree. For anyone who's starting for anything, like I've always lived with this mentality, is the faster I fail, the faster I mess up and screw up and embarrass myself in front of everyone. And like everyone's laughing, the faster I can learn and the faster I can win. So while these people are like, let's say like you're scared of haters, you're scared of people making fun of you. So while these people are focusing on you and these people are making fun of you, in reality, they're all scared, right? Every single person is scared that like they're going to embarrass themselves. They're going to be scared. Like I guarantee you, like probably some of your close friends, like they want to do content on Instagram but they're just like too scared to put themselves out there. And it's like, while they're like making jokes and everything, you're there, you're failing, you're trying. So the only one winning is you, right? The faster mm-hmm. you can fail, the faster you can win. Yeah. I think a quote that you said to me in our previous conversation was haters focus on winners, winners focus on winning. And that's like, I love that quote. So thanks for sharing that. Um, talking a little bit more about establishing and creating your brand, can you share any insights in how you created viral videos and how you really create your online presence into a bigger platform? Hmm. Okay, there's a few parts to that question. I think one is like brand and one is like content creation. Content creation, I think I've never had like formal training on it, like a coach. I've considered it. I think I might. I might as well to grow that faster. But I like what you said about iterate and improve. Um, but one step before that, maybe even concurrently, is to replicate and then reiterate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually listening to one of my mentors yesterday, and he was like, these people have tried it way before you, right? These people have built massive social media following. These people have built businesses. Like, it's very unlikely that you, as like, a, let's say like a 20-year-old kid, have tried something that's different from them that is going to work better than their current strategy. Right. These people have been doing it for years. These people have like a team. These people have tried thousands of ways to optimize their profile, to optimize everything. So mm-hmm. first, don't be scared to replicate it. Don't be scared to like take everything that they have, because most likely it's like an ego thing, um, ego or like fear ego, as in like, oh, like I could do better. Like this is my own brand. Like I'm going to be creative. I'm going to start something new. A lot of people try to reinvent the wheel. Everyone tries to do that. Like in business and social media, they're always trying to be like unique themselves. But honestly, I would not recommend that at the very beginning. I think like you find your way over time, but don't try to do that at the very beginning because it's really, really freaking hard to do that. So what I would recommend is take everything that other people they're doing. You can take a few different things, maybe change it up a tiny bit, but change as little as possible and replicate everything that they're doing. And then you start finding your voice, you start finding your method, you start finding like the typography that you use, the color scheme that you start finding like the vibe, right? How you talk to your audience, how you talk to your like followers, you start finding that over time. But I think that the thing that stops people from continuing is like the lack of growth. And that often stems from you have no idea what the hell we're doing, right? And so rather than trying to do it and figure it on your own, copy it, just copy it from other people, and then reiterate and then find your voice. Um, and you're probably going to get haters, right? I was scared to even do it myself. I don't think I really did that much. Like I kind of did my own thing, but take whatever's working already. Just mm-hmm. do the same thing and then you'll get feedback and then you'll get like, okay, maybe I can switch it up. I like, I see how it's working. Like I see the systems because um, right now you're just like copying it, but you don't actually know how it works. But as you do it, you'll, you'll be like, oh, like this is why it works. Like this is why that hook is so good. Like this is why people stay for the entire video 
and not leave after three seconds, right? This is why it works. And then until you can get as good as them or better, um, maybe not in terms of numbers, right? You're probably not going to get like millions of views. Mm -hmm. uh, until you can get like a really, really good result consistently, try not to change as many things. That's for content creation side, at least mm -hmm. a lot of things in life, like even like business, right? You'll see like a lot of the same businesses basically, but it's just like different people doing it. But the second thing about building your brand, your brand isn't one thing, right? It's not tangible. And it's not, Alex Hervosi actually gave a really, really good example of this. It's like a, it's like a flower vase or vase, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, you have a bunch of flowers and like my brand could be like, I was going to throw like random stuff. Like it could be like soccer. It could be like guitar. It could be like business giving as much free value, right? Those are some things that might be associated with my brand, mm -hmm. but brand it's not only online, right? Even like physical, obviously like everything about you is your brand. So there's a difference between reputation and brand though. Reputation is like what other people think about you, uh, what other people say about you. Brand is like what you kind of get to create in their minds. Mm -hmm. um, and so brand, I'll give you an example. And it goes back to like the people I surrounded myself with and how I changed my environment. It impacts your brand as well. Like, let's say like, you know, I was hanging around people who go to the club every single day, who drink all day. That would be my brand, right? People would associate me with those people, right? And if you want to increase your brand, increase um, that reputation, you got to surround yourself with like other people, right? Who are in that field. Um, but here's like the contradictory here. Um, it's tough because you want to get to a place where like you're surrounding, like you're, you're hanging out with like the big fish, right? You're talking with these people and like getting connected. Um, but at the same time, people will do that to you because if your friends, if people in your school, if people like around your community are seeing you grow and they've been stagnant for like years in their life, they're going to want to leech onto you and be associated with you. Mm -hmm. But the thing about that is it kind of dilutes your brand, um, right. dilutes it a little bit. And I don't mean that to say like, you know, completely reject them, but it's like, they're doing the right move, right? They're, they're playing it strategically. Like they should be trying to do that. Like they should be trying to, you know, surround themselves with you if you're growing so fast and they're not right. It's normal for them. And like, that's the right move, but it's not right for you. Because then your growth gets stunted, your growth gets diluted, your brand gets diluted, right? Mm. And so that's why like a lot of mentors, they won't just take anyone for free or they, they won't like do that, right? That's like one thing about brand that I thought was pretty interesting that I learned recently. Yeah, um, just to push back on that thought a bit, what if, you know, you're someone that is currently growing, maybe not as fast of a pace as someone else that's already up here but then you want to get up there but then they don't want anything to do with you because you know you're a small fry how do what do you do in that situation 100 the number one best advice i could give for people who want to grow and want to like surround themselves with bigger people or doing more things better things is just lead with value give as much value as you possibly can right for example if you want a mentor who's like a millionaire you're not going to be able to like give money that's enough to like actually like make a difference in their lives, I would assume. Mm -hmm. um, so lead with value, right? What's important to them, right? Mm -hmm. What can you do for them, their business, their lives, like improve their quality of lives, right? For mentorship, it's usually just like, mentors usually just want people who are willing to put in the work, are willing to do whatever it takes um, to take their advice and like actually listen to it. Because the worst thing that could happen to like a mentor, I would say is they just waste their time on someone who doesn't really try or someone who like gives up, someone who's like all talk. So like, that's like one thing for mentors, for other people, maybe other coaches for your field or like people who do big stuff on social media, it's to give as much value as possible. Um, I'm still learning this myself. I'm not like talking, like, you know, I'm giving advice. 
I'm trying to do this myself as well. I try to just give as much value at first and give before I take. Like before I ask anything, I would always like give as much as I possibly could, improve their lives. And I guess it has to do with like psychology as well. I don't do it for that reason, but it's like the reciprocity rule. I can't I can't say it right now. Reciprocity. Yeah, reciprocity rule. (laughs) But it has something to do with that psychology as well. There's a general distaste for people who don't like give back. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Being able to provide value in someone else's life so that they're more than happy to provide the same when you need it. I think it's like being a go-giver rather than like a go-getter, you know, constantly wanting to give and improve people's lives. Um, And then you'll see rewards with that. I know that you got to go soon. So one final question I have, what strategies or practices do you recommend for someone who's looking to jumpstart their career or build their business right now? Right now, I have like two things to say. One is strategy. Um, a lot of people might not know what the word strategy actually means. This is really amorphous. It's like there is no one clear definition. Basically, what strategy is, you can think of it as like priorities. Like what is your main priority? Like, oh, if someone asks you, like, what's your strategy? It's like, what are your priorities? It's easier to said than done, obviously. Um, here, I would leverage like the Pareto principle. So things that actually move the needle in your business. Right. Don't worry about like, at least when you're first, first, first starting out, probably like one, one person show, like you barely have followers. Don't worry about like the aesthetics. Don't worry about like looking good. Don't worry about like having a really nice website. Worry about like what makes a difference in your business. What moves the needle? The biggest things, getting leads, getting sales, and then do other priorities as well, like build them, um, but focus more on like things that actually move the needle in your business. So if for people who are listening, if by chance, you don't know what the 80-20 rule is, the creator principle. It's like 20% of the actions that you do are going to make 80% of the results. So focus on those 20%. I can't really say that for you because I don't really know, but try to find those and then focus on those as much as possible because a lot of people, they get shiny object syndrome. You might hear that term a lot in business, especially. I get it. Everyone gets it for the majority of people, but you got to kind of resist that. It's it's basically, oh, like that business idea is good. Oh, like that's good. Or what if I like do this branding? What if I try this type of content? Just stick to one and like just put your put your energy into it first. Because a lot of the times people just like fill up a little bit bucket before it's even like a tenth full. They just like move on to a different bucket because it's not working. Mm-hmm. A quote that my mentor said to me is the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it, right? Mm-hmm. Where you put your energy into it. The second thing was what would I recommend? I think the best thing is just getting a mentor, getting a coach. A mentor is like someone who's free. That helps. But really, like if it's like something that's paid, one, it's the more you pay, the more you pay attention. And don't be afraid to invest a lot. Um, mm. Before, I think like back then I was like, oh, like a hundred dollars. That's, that's quite a lot, right? For like an hour for some time. But like, honestly, now I see things a lot differently. Um, I invested 12,000 in my first coach. I only had 2,600 in my bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like the difference in quality is like you pay for speed, you pay for the quality. You're, you're going to learn how to do the business either way, right? If this is something that's serious to you, it comes down to two things. You're going to pay for it somehow. You're either going to pay for it with time, right? Mm-hmm. You learn, you mess up yourself. You're going to pay with time or you're going to pay with money. And you probably know time isn't something you can mm-hmm. never get back. So I like to save that time, that years of experience. I take their decades of experience. And I translate that into like just a few months for me. Obviously, it's going to take time, but I avoid all the mistakes that they've made, all the misdirections that they've made, and I have a clear direction. 
And I think one thing is some people think that I'm not going to invest in a coach. I'm not going to invest in a mentor because I want to live my life myself. I want to make the mistakes. I want to do that myself. And that's completely valid, right? Like how boring would life be if like you, ha- you had like a blueprint and you just like follow that, right? Like that would be so disgusting. Like I would hate that too because that's monotonous. But the thing about like mentors and coaches, it's not that like they, they plan your life for you and like you just have to follow it step by step. You still get to make those mistakes. It's just now you have a sense of direction and what actions to take. Everything else is like you learn it. It's just you learn it so much faster and you don't have to waste your time trying out a bunch of things that don't work Mm -hmm. um, or aren't like fruitful, right? Mm -hmm. You have a clear direction. You're messing up. You're still living your life. Like you're still doing all those mistakes. It's just now you're doing them a lot faster and with more clarity and more accountability. So you're not just like wasting three years of your life trying to improve. So that's probably the best advice I can give is find people to condense your time. Wow, that's so valuable, Dan. You know, like time is money, as people would say, and the time value of money is an important consideration, especially when your time is so limited and you can spend that time making money or you can, you know, spend that time learning the hard things on your own. Also, like finding people that will support you in that process. And so I guess to wrap things up, uh, you did say getting a coach is so beneficial. So you could do a quick little plug for your high performance coaching business too. Sure. If you struggle with procrastination, if you struggle with inconsistency, if you struggle with burnout, and you know what to do. It's just you struggle with actually doing it. I basically have a system that's a guarantee. And I do have a guarantee. I don't think any other high performance coaching that I've seen anywhere in the world has this offer. It's if you don't actually achieve, I have like six things I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but some of them are like, if you don't overcome procrastination, if you don't become consistent in a habit for more than three weeks, if you don't get back at least 15 hours of your week, I give you a complete refund of your initial investment. And I actually continue coaching you for however long it takes. Just for anyone listening to this, no one's actually have to use that. It's because every single one of my clients, I handpick, I actually accept only about 40% of the people that I actually get on calls with. I take a due diligence to actually qualify them. So yeah, if that's you and you feel like you know exactly what to do, you know you have a lot of potential. One thing I look out for is like a lot of ambition, a lot of drive, things that I had in the past. I needed someone to hold me accountable. I needed someone to give me the right steps to take for me to actually get that start. So if that's you, give me a message. Instagram is Dan, And it was so, so good talking to you. Hi, friends. Thanks for making it to the end. I just want to say I'm sorry for uploading this episode a few days late. I really don't want to make excuses, but I've just had a lot on my plate recently with a fall internship at a startup, um, my career in admissions coaching that I do on the side. I recently joined a founding team of a tech startup in the social space, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, Currently also traveling, visiting my boyfriend and going to Asia in the next couple of days as well. And all that on top of interviewing guests and editing my podcast episodes. It really gets a lot sometimes, um, but it's all things that I want to be doing, like I enjoy doing. So that's why I'm here. Even though I'm late, I make this a priority. I want to bring this content out. So hopefully you've found this as beneficial as I have um, in my conversation with Dan. 
definitely learned a lot, especially as a new podcaster who hasn't been on the journey for too long. But just to summarize the content a bit, here's a few takeaways in the dimension of occupational well-being. What separates 99% of people in business is that only about 1% actually execute their ideas. So it's important not to let analysis paralysis affect you and just start. When it comes to personal branding, everything you do, how you act, who you talk to is all so important. For content creation, just remember this. Replicate, reiterate, and improve. And finally, making valuable connections can really make or break your career. So the best way to connect with intentionality is to provide value without expectation. So beautiful humans, that's all I had for today. My name is Annie Wang. Let's continue hustling and put our learnings in perspective.